0: All right, this is Jared with Lefty's Precision Rifle Podcast. And if you haven't heard already, I have the 2022 Magnolia Meltdown champion right here with me. Actually, I'm driving his truck, but (laughs) Greg Harris.
1: How's it going, Lefty?
0: It's good. We got a little bit of time to burn. If you haven't ever been to Carthage, Mississippi from the Kansas area, we're trying not to look at the GPS, but we're we have almost double digit hours to get back home so we're trying to get i'm i'm driving greg's truck trying to get the champion back to his home it's good being the champ it is good being the champ so since we're on the, the subject already how many phone calls and text messages have you got
1: a lot which i am very grateful for it just goes to show how great this community is um Five or six phone calls, tons of messages. I mean it's it's a good feeling to know that people are out there wanting you to succeed and do well. So uh thank you to all those people that have sent me a message or uh uh, gave me a phone call. Uh, I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, we got we won't mention any names, but we've got some on here. It sounds like they're just as stoked as you are. Yeah,
1: pretty much. I don't think it's soaked in for me quite as you know. You know, some of these people are probably even more excited than I am. I don't. Know. I'm not sure it's soaked in just yet, but it's it's a good feeling for sure.
0: Yeah. So, not really a match recap, but we've been, we we're talking about some of this stuff already. Um, so we're down here, Greg Holloway's Magnolia Meltdown. Chris and I actually came last year. We put it recorded a podcast, I think, kind of covering it. I think I end up talking, talking Greg into coming down here and doing it. We'll get into it, but he's kind of a marathon match. Yeah, this month.
1: Don't know how many more times I'm going to do that, but worked out this this go around.
0: So I talked him into coming down. We drove down Thursday, started Thursday, went halfway, came down, got here Friday. What were your initial impressions when we we pulled? Him? We we're kind of out in the middle of nowhere, which we we talked about that all these ranges are. Out in the middle of nowhere, but you got neighbors and everything else. But first impressions? Well, I mean, it's
1: you know, it seems like you know, the couple of matches I've shot down here in the southeast, you kind of got to drive out a little bit, you know, into the boonies just a touch to, to get to this range. But I mean, we pull in there, and um, you know, I'd kind of looked at the range for on Google Maps. Uh, you have satellite image to kind of get an idea which which lay it which way it faced and of course it doesn't show you a whole lot but we get there and you know there's a uh, well manicured the place is really well taken care of uh, we start to, to you know we get out and we, we dope our rifles out and uh, walk the firing line look at some of the props everything's very well taken care of it's very clean um, you can really show that Greg cares for the place and is trying to make it as best as he can for the shooters so I really like the range it's not um, you know a typical you know it's not a field match by any means it's it's more more like K&M you know a southeast style match but you know the range range was awesome Um, he's got a nice little pro shop there Um, you know bags and you know glass and different rifles that you can Purchase components for, and uh, overall, I mean, it, it's it's a nice range.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> it's the same last year. um I think I may may have roped you in. So Chris and I shot it last year. We talked about it is basically the same year this year. There were nine squads. We shot ten stages day one. I think we shot ten and ten last year, but we were done shooting day one by what one one thirty something like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: we were we were out of there. I think we were on the road by
0: 1.30. And if you, obviously, you can only imagine Mississippi. We were talking to Greg a little bit on Friday. Mississippi in August, it was humid. In fact, day one, we couldn't get our rifles. That morning, we couldn't get our rifles dry. Yeah. yeah it,
1: we, we got to the range, oh, half an hour, 45 minutes early. And as soon as you got the rifle out of the case, it was soaked. Just condensation everywhere. So, I mean, it was... It's a different type of humidity down there. You can't get away from
0: it. So, yeah, we got got through. Well, let's just go through day one. All day right. one, they did a random draw. We thought we were starting. We were in, well, our squad. We were in squad seven. Mm-hmm. Shooting with Austin, Oregon. Peyton Grimes, obviously, world, world champ. World champ. World champ. Jonathan Berry, one of the old school. Been kind of watching him. Um, who else did we have?
1: Uh, some new faces. Um, I'm terrible with names, so I apologize
0: if any yeah, of you guys... Uh, yeah, not trying to forget. Uh, Caleb Rick,
1: Pullum. Yeah, Caleb Pullum.
0: Uh, Rick Lowell. Yes. I think he got second. Uh-huh, he did. So he, he shot
1: he, really well, too.
0: And who else? We, had some, we had some other folks with us, not trying to forget them. But, yeah, had a pretty awesome squad. Uh, Phil yeah, Phil no I I Cashman shot well. We
1: forgot that, but yeah, yeah. So that was we had a really good squad. A yeah. lot of lot of good shooters. A lot of we had a good time. Everybody's helping each other. So
0: yeah. So day day one, like you had mentioned, typical southeast. We really didn't have any wind. A little bit of wind you had was a tenth this way, a tenth that way. Small targets. A lot of movement. Ninety second par times and day one went extremely well for you.
1: Yes, yeah, it did. We started out on a, our our draw was pretty good. We started on stage two, which it was, we immediately shot from 500 to just under a thousand yards, which is, I mean, if you can start on a long range stage like that first thing in the morning, it's usually, you know, a pretty good place to start. Um, Mirage hadn't kicked up. We had some cloud cover too. So, I mean, fresh paint. Also helps, everybody was able to make sure their, their gun was running right. And I uh, uh, ended up dropping one. One of my mental mistakes this weekend happened there. First uh, first stage of the weekend, so I had had some mental errors I, I shouldn't have had this weekend, but uh, was able to, to move past those and not compound them into more.
0: Yeah, I, so you end up dropping what on day one? Four on day one. Four shots total. Four on day one. I ended up dropping 18. Had some mental mistakes, trying to battle back. Some of the positives for the day, I don't try to hound on the negatives. Some of the positives, for me at least, were if I saw a miss, I actually, I think all of them I saw, I corrected four, so I, I got a follow-up impact, so that's something I've been working on. Um, John Kyle Truett. Oh, yeah, John NR Kyle school. was in a- How we frit John Kyle and amy two of the best people the best family in, in prs absolutely so uh, he was he was shooting with us as well always fun to shoot with him yeah we had a good time yeah so i had some mental mistakes on one on day one dropped 18 i end up in 41st you end up in tied for first second
1: due to tie we did shoot the tiebreaker stage on day one so i was tied for first um, uh, what's his name? Jeff, Jeff Geary? I think Geary. he won the match last year. He was he had the fastest tiebreaker, um, and then Ben Gossett and myself were all tied with down four shots after day one after shooting ten stages.
0: Yeah. So day one obviously went well for you and a couple other guys, and it was after that second, third, fourth, like they're all one or two shots off. Yep. I and mean, there's, there's a lot of guys piled up there, so it could have went any, anyway. Uh, and what we do? After day one, Greg got a spot at one of the bars, hangouts in the, in one of the towns nearby. We went out, had, had to keep tradition, got the, got the steak. Yep,
1: got a steak dinner. And then we went over the there. Protein.
0: Yeah, and obviously, like we said, Greg I think he goes out of his way a lot, lot further than some of the other match directors as far as getting people together and making sure you're all right. And had that kind of reserved. We went up there and hung out. There was When we first got there, there was 20 or 30 shooters there at least. Yeah. We got there a little bit late, later than what they said they had started. And just another hangout, just hanging out like some of the folks are doing anymore.
1: That's probably one of my – it's become one of my favorite parts of the – the the two day matches we've got a you know a gathering place we get everybody together and talk about shooting talk about life talk about whatever everything's got going you kind of kind of never know what you might learn from um, you know different different guys in the shooting communities so it's a lot of fun to to get together at those and uh, and have a beer have some food Uh, you know we didn't really stay out too late but sure was a lot of fun
0: yeah yeah i had to get the champ home i, was, <laughs> I think i was calling you champ already i probably yeah, yeah, yeah. i was hoping i wasn't jinxing it but. yeah so yeah so day one extremely well for for greg and a few others day two we get out there we're on our our stages by seven getting ready to shoot we started a little bit a little bit after seven but we started again on the long range stage i think we got a pretty good draw yeah
1: we sure did so we day two we got to go. Uh, well we shot out to was it a thousand yards again? I guess I got my matchbook right
0: here. I think it. Yeah, I think we started at maybe 600 this time and went out to a thousand. Yeah,
1: well it was a it was a big little uh, big and little circle. So you started with a 12 inch circle and a 6 inch circle at 600 yards, and then we ended up finishing with a 20 inch circle at a thousand yards and a 10 inch circle at a thousand yards. So. Um, again a a really great place to start Um, there was a little bit of rain this morning um, that made it fairly difficult to see I don't think I had to deal with it when I was shooting either that it was just just uh, just sprinkling a little bit but uh, no We again we got a we got a really good draw there uh, to start on a long-range stage both days
0: yeah so of course, I told myself I was gonna get out of my own way and not make any mental mistakes. And I'm second shooter. John Kyle started started us off. I shot second. And of course, my dope for the first targets are three six and I dial three one. So in fact I even asked the the RO afterwards, if that first shot wasn't an impact? Well, there wasn't any wind. But I held well enough I hit the post. Which shook the target, <laughs> but obviously he could see better than I, yeah. and I didn't hit. Them. So, of course, I told myself after day one I was going to get on my own way and make sure I was checking everything, and I'd do it on stage one. So, I battled back and the day went better. But for you, it went really well. In fact, one of your phone calls kind of figured it out for us. I'll let you tell the story, but
1: yeah. So we get a we get a phone call or a text message on the way down. From Jake, and uh, so Jake and I like to listen to Metallica um, a lot. on On the many miles we've spent together shooting matches, we like to listen to you know Metallica. And he got to thinking about it, and I've got this Metallica playlist we always listen to, and I didn't have the song One by Metallica on that playlist. Well, we ended up sticking that on there. Friday night before the match and I think I think Jake's on to something because that sure did the trick this
0: go around <laughs> you telling the secret I was gonna sell that secret but uh, now it's out yeah well I guess you can edit it out if you want to <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so day two we end up working our way through he changed up first day we went clockwise next day we went counterclockwise kind of like some of that match stretchers do mm-hmm. worked out well for us. But uh, the one phone call you got kind of put it in perspective. Your misses weren't really misses.
1: Oh, yeah. The, I, I, we're just, just talking to Austin Bushman, gave me a call and congratulated me on the win. And I had made a comment that every miss that I had on day two was due to timing out. So there was a stage where we shot off the staircase and I timed out on a... Um, a really small target I was actually excited to shoot it was a 2 inch plate at 400 yards on a TYL rack which I mean, it, it's really really small and I timed out before I even got to you know uh, squeeze the trigger at that one then there was a bus stage that I timed out and uh, so other than timing out I dropped those three points on day two due to timing out I never actually missed a shot so that uh, I didn't realize that <laughs> until Austin made that comment, but, um, yeah, I really, really shot well on day two.
0: Yeah. So you kind of put, I've heard, well, you hear golfers and basketball players talk about how the hole's so big they just feel like they couldn't miss it during basketball or golf. They just sinking every double digit putt, 10, 20 foot putts. It seemed like that's what, what you were, what you were feeling.
1: Yeah, it really felt like that. Um, we shot. I think. I mean, we shot some really small targets. Um, if anybody's ever shot at K and M at a, a two-day national match, there, they 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 will hang really really small targets because there's a lack of wind. I felt like we shot shot that style or similar sized targets, uh, but I it didn't seem to matter for me this weekend. Uh, I was seeing every shot hit the plate uh making minute corrections to to center uh, and it you know i just towards the end there i just felt like i couldn't nothing could go wrong and it and it didn't
0: yeah so like you were saying i was tr- he obviously you obviously knew but giving you the heads up on the way down i didn't bring my matchbook from last year i don't know if it would have helped any but yeah, just giving you the small targets, ninety-second part times like we talked about. It's kind of a southeast or even a east coast match where they got to do something. I think it's pretty fair. I think Greg did no, extremely I, well.
1: I wouldn't say that the, the targets were unfair by any means. Um, I think they were appropriately appropriately sized for the winds that we had. So uh, no, he did he did an excellent job.
0: Yeah. it's like I said, it's an East Coast. He's got lanes cut out of. The, in fact, we even make comments on the way down. They got some of these pine trees that you can't even see ten or twenty yards into the forest.
1: Yeah, and it was it was interesting. I mean, so I mean, if you get a chance to look at this range on Google Maps, you'll definitely see the lanes. But honestly, that makes that makes for some pretty tricky um, mirage can lie. Even there was a piece of pink ribbon on a post uh, down range that was not correlating with the wind holds that guys were uh, guys were holding so I mean it I, mean, it's, I think it swirls in, in ranges like that you know the wind comes over the top of the trees and drops down and swirls so left side of, of that cut you may have one wind and the right side of that cut you may be holding something just a little bit different uh, but I mean it, it made for a good match there's some interesting interesting things going on watching the bullet trace fly while we were spotting for other guys
0: yeah yeah i think austin or maybe jonathan Berry or austin organ made a comment right at the beginning of day two like what do you think the wind someone asked what do you think the wind's going uh clockwise because it <laughs> yeah. gets in there and it kind of swirls around <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's a pretty good analogy there
1: center of the clocks at 600 yards so before that it's you know going one way and after that it's going the other
0: yeah we had had a couple fun stages one of them that i really liked was the uh, um, had 10, actually 10 targets, 600 yards. I think you ended up cleaning that. Was it day two stage? Yes.
1: Yep, that one there, that well, was our like third, it was on the west side. Yep. yep, almost, yeah, second to last or something. Uh-huh. Like yep.
0: it. So it was 10 targets, and just talking about that win, so I, you shot the first five targets, had five rounds loaded, then he had five sitting on a table, so you had to get up. And I'm pretty sure he does that. It takes a little bit of time, and because they were all at 600. Yep. Yep. you got to break position. You're not just you know cheek weld and sending it not dialing any dope because they're all 600 so i made my way through there i think to the sixth or seventh target and missed and i knew i had to miss right which actually that target had a board behind it so there was no splash yeah
1: you didn't see anything
0: you just kind of had a guess or i guess if you saw trace i wasn't trying to watch trace so i held held left got impact on that well i went to my next target like i like i think i'm supposed to hold the exact same thing and it goes off left should have went straight up and it's just kind of how the winds were down in there yeah
1: and it didn't take them very long to switch around Uh, you know watching that flag down there on that same berm you know sometimes it was every five to ten seconds it was that flag was kind of blowing a different direction which i don't there was times where the flag was going one way and the spall off of the target was going the other. So it was, it was definitely swirling down in there for sure.
0: Yep. So obviously day, day two went great for you. You won, you won the match. In fact, I think Tate took a video of you and he's posting it live or posting on Facebook already calling you the match winner before the match was even over.
1: Yeah. We had no idea if anybody else had dropped, you know, none or, you know, because I was in three-way tie, we would kind of heard that, you know, Ben had, had dropped, dropped a few and we hadn't really heard anything on Jeff, so I was a little leery to celebrate, you know. We were shaking hands and, you know, congratulating me, and I was, until the scores came out, I don't think it really sunk in 100% for me, mainly because I didn't want to get my hopes up and then just be crushed. Because that would be, be real rough. I
0: don't think we'd be recording this right now on no, the way No, probably not. That was the... I'd be pouting still.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if that was
0: the case. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, so got through. Obviously, you took number one spot. Uh, I ended up going from 40, 41st to 33rd. I dropped 14 today, so a little bit better. I think I should, still should have shot better, but moved up a little bit. Um, one thing I liked... Greg had pulled some stuff off the prize table just for ROs. Mm-hmm. Did an RO draw. That was that was really cool. Some folks got to come up and the ROs. Which so let's get into the ROs. Yes. So what do, I'll let you start with some of the comments that we had made about the ROs.
1: Uh, one thing. I mean, if you shoot shoot too many, or if you shoot any of these two-day national matches, I mean, we all know that the two-day matches are significantly more expensive than a one-day regional match um, the nice thing I mean we noticed right away we had two ROs per stage one running the the iPad or the you know the practice score keeping score and one was on glass now they did request us to be backup on glass which you know most guys are watching other shooters anyway so we were going to help them no matter what um, but we had two ROs there um, every stage was, you know, we had a stage brief. Um, it was it just a re- really, really smooth run match. I mean, it's very nice having two ROs. You know, you don't have to have four shooters sticking around all the time, spotting, um, even though we, you know, we had a couple helping out on class all the time, but it, it takes some of the pressure off of, you know, you get a chance to, you know, come off class and rest your eyes and think about what just happened or what you're about to do, uh, and it really, it makes it, the match a lot more enjoyable uh, to go and shoot when you've got, you know, we had good ROs, we had, you know, Brian Allen, uh, Maro, his wife was there, just a bunch of really high quality, you know, people helping to run the match.
0: Yeah, I think there was numerous comments about two ROs. Is, obviously, like you talk about, it, is big. I don't hardly see it anymore. and Exactly for that reason, it's nice to be able to take a break from the glass, get your stuff around, write your dope. You're not worried about somebody missing an impact for anybody. Yeah. They were all, I think every one of them I saw were, were using Swaro, SLCs. Like, I don't know if they were giving it to them or that's just they're all shooters too you yeah. mentioned brian allen he was on one stage and they actually split him and his wife up because they obviously have shot a ton mm-hmm. she was on she was on a different stage spot and like extremely well ran everything had cones we started at the cones the ro i wouldn't say the ro's were pushy or us at all but they wanted the next they, person up
1: they kept us you know as the next person was getting started or if they had they were halfway through a stage if they were moving, he'd look over and make sure that the next shooter was, you know, at least somewhat ready. And that, I mean, that really speeds up a match overall. And when it gets hot out in the summertime or if there's weather coming in, because, I mean, where we finished today, I mean, we were sitting under their uh, pavilion, and it downpoured, like, got with it. And that would have been absolutely terrible if we were still shooting, and we'd been done for know half an hour or so at that point where we you're eating lunch and uh, so yeah those ROs really important um, of course they got to walk through their uh, they pulled prizes off the prize table and they were drawn out first and uh, really appreciate all the ROs and what they did this weekend to, to, to make the match what it was
0: yeah so so today we were done shooting today was we only shot nine we we're done shooting by 12 or 12 30 maybe so. 12 30
1: we had a little bit of a late start, uh, didn't maybe 20, 30 minutes late, yeah. maybe. Uh, move, we move as a whole, the shooters moved a little bit slower today. I don't know if everybody was just a little tired better, yeah. or what was going on there. Um, no, it was It's a very well-run match.
0: Yeah, and well, and get back on the ROs. So you had the ROs. Had water everywhere, Gatorade everywhere. They had a little snack, snack shack yeah. set up to where you could get, you know, some some snacks. Some I think I went over and had some Fig Newtons or whatever. Like yeah. just they had, uh, oh like on the golf course, you have the uh, cart ladies come around. They mm-hmm. had some ladies in the cart driving around like there were coolers at every every spot. So every he had a couple different lanes cut, and they all were concrete with cover over him except one on day two where we shot the bus Yep, mm-hmm. wasn't covered. Otherwise, everything else was covered and he had shade. the shade deals popped up. Yeah, little tents. On top, on top of that, like I said, the cart lady's coming around. Greg came around. We probably saw him a dozen times between right. the two days. Asking, asking if we
1: needed anything.
0: Yep, asking if anybody needed anything. What was going on? Were there any issues? Um, he mentioned it at the end, he hears all the good comments. He wants to hear the bad comments, if there were any, so he can make it better for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just, you can tell you can tell he cares. So does the RO, walks through the RO, and how about the uh, the A-Team rifle?
1: So uh, the A-Team, uh, Brian Allen and his wife, they brought down a rifle, um, not for the prize table, uh, but it was actually a giveaway. They went through... Um, brian and and greg and uh they put their their heads together and were really looking for a shooter that needed a rifle and they ended up i don't i don't remember the gentleman's name but he was running a gas gun he was kind of fighting it this weekend and he ended up getting uh handed a uh, custom rifle built by uh, you know 18 precision impact action uh, manners stock um, full custom rifle Spun up by the A team, um, along with 200 rounds of custom ammo, a Swarovski cert. You know, it, it was a $7,500 package, and, and you know they they gave it to a to a guy that uh, looked like he needed it, and uh, it was really cool to watch. And it just goes to show how awesome this community is. We all come together and you know help out help out where we can, and you know, all the all the companies that continue to support the PRS uh, Impact Foundation, Manners uh, MPA Bartline, uh, Bartline Proof Hawk, all the barrel manufacturers um, Bullet Central was big at this one uh, see, I don't want to forget any sponsors here I'll look at my matchbook
0: mean uh, that was kind of the thing when they Brian Allen was talking about it and they brought this rifle. That's kind of no one really, no one knew about it, I don't think. I, well, obviously none of the shooters.
1: Until, I think Saturday.
0: Yeah, so they brought it, trying to give it to someone that maybe not, maybe didn't have the best setup. Well, Brian Allen even mentioned that, hell, you walk around and look at everybody's bolt guns, everybody had some pretty nice setups. Yeah. So they decided to give it to the fellow shooting gas gun, and Brian even mentioned on both of his stages each day, he was going high, low, kind of fighting, sound like fighting some elevation stuff, but had the best attitude you could have mm-hmm. for fighting the elevation issue. Like, everybody else, I would have been pouting. Brian even mentioned that he would have been upset. <laughs> yeah. Like, but this guy was in a good mood, so that's how they yeah. decided to give it give it to that fella.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty awesome to watch that. I know uh, there's, you know, we do it a lot for the ROs, but... Some some of these matches, uh, KMS realer, uh, yeah, K&M's, you know the gap grind. They usually give out a couple of rifles, one to, a, a, you know, an AM shooter that uh, uh, maybe has a you know more of a Savage or a beginner type rifle. They'll find someone with a positive attitude that's really trying to learn and give them a custom rifle, and kind of really can jumpstart them going to the next level as a shooter. So it is. It's really awesome to to see that uh, you know the community come
0: together and support each other. Yeah, yeah. So, talking. So speaking of the prices. So, well, let's get back to this. So Greg mentioned to us on on Friday he come over. We were just checking dope. He doesn't. I've been there and shot once. He doesn't know who I am. It's your first time there. I don't yeah, think he knew who time. you were.
1: I'm too quiet. Nobody knows who I am. <laughs>
0: and I'm kind of the same way. I just sit back mind my own business kind of watch people watch yeah so he but he stopped by talked to us i'd mentioned i had been here with with chris another buddy last year brought greg along this time asked us what we thought what we thought of the range when we'd only been there really 15 20 minutes got checked in went checked out and then it mentioned that he kept it at 99 shooters he had 30 or 50 he said something like that on the standby list pretty
1: extensive wait list
0: so he could have, I think it just goes to show, he could have packed as many people in there as he could. He could have packed another 50 people in there. we done 10 and 10, made another squad. We only had nine squads, made another squad, put 11, 12 people on there and just packed in there and made as much money as he, as he could have. Yeah. But he didn't. He kept it at 99. Like I said, we're done by 1.30 on day one, 12.30 on day two. Lunches, lunches were ridiculous
1: we had uh bar well there bar barbecue both days well no barbecue yeah. barbecue pulled pork first day some really awesome macaroni and cheese uh, you know sourdough bread baked beans you know it was really good uh that first day not too heavy which I appreciate uh, I don't need a, a huge lunch while I'm trying to shoot stages but um day two he had the snack booth up um I had a couple guys down there keeping that stocked up uh, with some lighter snacks that we could eat throughout the morning. And uh, we all gathered into the pavilion for uh, chicken parmesan. Yep. Chicken yep. parmesan day two. Uh, really awesome meals. I, no complaints from me.
0: No. Yeah, we definitely ate good. Um, and then the price table. So he, I like the way he does his prize table will get into what you had pulled off there. Pretty nice. But he does a, you go in the pro shop, he puts you in a line. It's not a, it wasn't a free-for-all. Uh, he, he got an RO in there every once in a while, even after doing the draw, let them walk the prize table, obviously. And it, not to harp on the RO piece, but you got to take care, care of your ROs. I was in the same position. I used to RO a lot and then finally had one bad experience. And that's kind of what pushed me to start shooting the the two. To, two-day matches is, mm-hmm. look, I wasn't going to come down there and and pay for my own hotel and basically get get done the way I got done, so yeah. I'm going to travel around and shoot him now. So He had done it to where, obviously, you walk through in order, but you walk through, there's people standing in there, you stand in line, and everybody's cordial about it, but I've seen some match directors that, all right, you get through the top 20, all right, free-for-all, just go clear this out, I don't want to take any of it yeah. home. Yeah. Well, it kind of sucks if you come in. 20th 21st or yeah. whatever you know could have been but,
1: your best match finish and yeah made but, it seemed like it was nothing so. yeah so
0: then it comes down but. so the big prize obviously greg took took that home uh, what was it it is
1: a custom rifle put together by rachel precision so it is a i believe it's a hawk hill barrel and forgive me if i get some of these wrongs it's a hawk hill 6br um straight taper barrel it looks like a truck axle it i is, think. Is it's so huge. Huge. i didn't pick it up and feel it. it's uh, got to be heavy it's a mdt brake uh one thing i will mention about the barrel is they laser engraved all the sponsors um, as well as you know magnolia meltdown 2022 onto the barrel so it is a really really cool piece um Impact Action, uh, Bix and Andy, Tac Sport Trigger, uh, Manners, TCS. Manners was a title sponsor, so yeah, yeah, it was a yeah Manners, Manners On was both, a title sponsor. On so on thank you for right. Manners for all of that. Uh, thank you, uh, you know, Tate and Impact, uh, MDT for the break, Hawk Hill for the barrel. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's an MDT magazine that came with it. I'm not sure on the bottom metal. I actually, I don't have it with me, um, of course, Shooting out of state, it's got to be shipped to FFL to FFL. So um, I'm not sitting here oogling over it the whole way home either.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll have to post pictures up yeah, because right. the gun, the gun barrel itself
1: is worth it. I mean, like
0: Greg was mentioning, is it's all laser engraved, so it actually looks like a trophy. Yes, almost be ashamed to shoot it. Like this thing is. Yeah, we're definitely not. Pictures.
1: So I've got a stack of barrels in the corner of my reloading room and they're all burnt out and this is one barrel if, if I do shoot out it's not going in that corner it'll go <laughs> up on the wall it, it's really cool how they did that
0: yeah so it's, it's super nice like I said they had price table was ridiculous all 99 shooters are going home with something yeah. actually not like it's not there wasn't just stuff thrown out on the price table yeah.
1: so there were KGM came in and I know there was a free suppressor there I think there was a free Thunder Beast, but it might have gone to the uh, RO table. Which, not speaking negatively at all, they they deserve it. Um, there's three rifles. Of course, the 18 one was given away. The one I picked up, and then there was a the 308 as well.
0: And there was a pistol. And there was a pistol. So, so there's the actually West three West, guns. Yes.
1: Uh-huh.
0: The, the actually the Smith and Wesson that pistol was went to an RO, which uh-huh. was all was yeah. all good. And yeah, there was actually two rifles on a match with 99 shooter. Like, when yep. when do you see that anymore, really?
1: Tate with Impact, he, he came down and shot this match to uh, 250% off certs. Uh,
0: and he threw in two in-stock uh, barrels yep. for RO.
1: Yep, he's through, you know, taking care of, again, taking care of the ROs. Two in-stock barrels went to an RO, uh, steel barrels, uh, foundation, put a bunch of, you know, reloading blocks a stock. There was their new. uh Yeah, their new hunting stock. New hunting stock was there. Um, yeah, I mean it was it was a really loaded prize table. Uh, a lot of a lot of industry support there. Uh, so that was that was good to see.
0: Yeah, I I ended up pulling a Bartline cert. So thanks to Bartline for putting that on there. Obviously, get a hold of them. Get some barrels on the way. Trying to pick up stuff anymore that I'm going to end up using them. it doesn't cost me a whole bunch of money so mm-hmm. big thanks to them uh that really that ends the match recap really um but there's some other stuff we talked about on the way home or on the way down here um, one of them i wanted to get your take on okay. kind of repeat was the uh, being comfortable with your gear
1: yes and that is i mean you and uh as it's up there towards the top of things that you kind of have to have it i mean uh it's one thing to have all the you know nice gear i mean there's new products being brought out all the time and i mean i'll be real honest i haven't changed my rifle in well over a year um i think the only thing i might have changed is i went to a hawkins uh, scope mount but uh, it's always the same every every position i shoot i go my hands go to the same place, and, you know, I'm not, not changing major things. The barrels are the same contour, um, everything. It's just like, you know, getting on a bike every time we go to a match. It's just something we naturally know know how to do. Uh, I think that's pretty important with being consistent at, the, at, at regional matches, you know, club-level matches, and, and up onto the, the national two-day matches is just leave everything the same. Um, I know, you know what my turrets feel like. Nothing's changed on that end. Um, the less we change, I feel like the, just the more consistent you're going to continue to be um, at the national level, for sure. Yeah. I'll what
0: kind of got us on it was we were listening to a podcast on the way. So if you aren't listening to any other podcast, you need to. Miles to Matches, we were talking about that. We mm-hmm. actually listened to Austin Bushman's uh, latest one, he was on Miles to Matches, and he had mentioned, in fact, we were hitting pause, talking about it, then we played it again, hit pause. talk about. It. But he had match, mentioned going to, I can't remember what match, or a match with a barrel that he wasn't comfortable with, yes. and that kind of got us going
1: on. Yeah, we went off on a little tirade on that. So if there's, I mean, first of all, if you're questioning something, you're putting doubt into your own mind, and you cannot... You cannot question gear you can't question whether you have a good barrel um, I mean it's gonna do nothing as mental as this game is that's it's you're gonna have a bad time and then, then when it starts to perform like you knew it was going to I mean it gets even worse but yeah if you, if the barrels not shooting if something's not working right you, it's almost not worth going um, Especially to a two-day match if you can't if you can't improve because if your rifles you know the, if it's opened up it's not grouping well something's not working right you're really gonna have a hard time even learning something from that match because if you make a perfect correction and the rifles not doing it what you tell it to do I mean you're you didn't learn anything there it, it can be extremely extremely frustrating
0: yeah, and then, yeah, you start getting into your own head. Like, So my last match, well, you, you shot it too, was the Oakey Spring match. My gun uh-huh. is shooting, and I was more comfortable with it than I've ever been. Is my my best finish. I think I finished fif- 15th, tied with with Jake. He beat uh-huh. me on the tiebreaker, so I got 15th, he got 14th. Best of my rifles ever shot, but it's the most comfortable I've ever been with it. So I brought it down here, still comfortable with it. All my misses, I, like I said, were my my mental game, um, just getting in my own way. But like you're saying, you've got to be comfortable. In fact, again, not to mention any names, but you've you've had a couple past matches that kind of had you wondering about stuff. You changed some stuff up, and now you're obviously back on the on the comfort train with, with your rifle because you come down here and it was just going exactly where you pointed it.
1: Yeah, and, man, I, I tell you what, you know, I, I've never had a problem – like what was going on happened to me. So I was actually questioning myself more than the gear because, you know, I'm running foundation and impact and Bartland barrels and, you know, all really, really quality components, uh, in my rifle. So my first thought was you're yanking the trigger or doing something. Cause I couldn't get my rifle to shoot very well at home. It if you look at how I placed, it doesn't show, um, but being at that level where you're, you know, four shots from winning matches consistently. I mean, if you have anything going wrong, it really starts to eat at you. Um, why you can't, can't, uh, you know, go ahead and, and go get a match, win, especially on the two day level. Cause we kind of beat each other up. It's, there's no, you know, single person just dominating everywhere they go. Um, throughout the whole country. There's a lot of really good shooters. Um, So I I changed a few things. Rifle shooting really good. Where I pointed it this weekend is where it it went. It did exactly what I asked it to do, Um, and it it paid off.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we kind of talked about it. You went to a match, you get in the top five, and you're starting to doubt yourself a little bit or doubt your gear. Make it, make one change, and now now the, the what ifs come into your mind. Well, what if this? What if that? But you got to kind of push it out of out of the way. And in fact, I even heard from from Jake. You made a you made a certain change, and uh, Jake's saying you texted him saying, "My guns never shot this well. or shooting lights out." I was like, "Oh boy, here we go." Yeah, Greg, yeah. Greg's on the road to redemption here.
1: Yeah. No, it was it was one of those things where just kept trying to figure it out, kept trying to figure it out. And, um, you know, the, the, a little bit of the problem is is right now we have the getting different components to just try on a whim is extremely hard to do. So changing powders, changing different brass, uh, brands changing, you know, primers, or maybe you've got a bullet problem. Um, just going out and changing brands or finding a different bullet to shoot to test it was, I mean, it took two months to, to finally, you know, get to that point. Um, if you can get them. Yeah, if you can get and them. And you're not paying outrageous prices yeah, and everything else right it's, now. Yeah. It's, it's it's crazy. It's it, it may continue to be crazy for a considerable amount of time. Uh, fortunately, the the change I decided to make fixed it uh, you know my load development is pretty basic load development but it my I shoot a six BRA that went like it always has before I mean you get into these BR based cartridges there's a certain level of accuracy and, and ease of load development that I have come to expect and it it wasn't happening before, and I, I made that change, and it went back to the way it was doing. And, yeah, I, it, rifle shooting is as good as it ever has.
0: Yeah, you you definitely made it look easy this weekend. Like I said, you can check out Tate's video. I'm not sure if he posted on his page or on yeah, Greg's page. Yeah, it was on
1: page. his, his uh, personal Facebook page. He, he caught me uh, last stage of the day.
0: That was yeah. So we might have to, I have to share that so people can check that out. Yeah, I'll share yeah. it on share it on my group.
1: Yeah. But yeah,
0: he was even like we said he's even announcing it. But you just made it look easy. Never looked like you were in a hurry. And That's kind of Midwest. So a Midwest match. A lot of the guys like to run two minute stages. Sure. And it seems like, well, you'd even mentioned the Okie Spring, have two minute stages. You were finished some of them in sixty sixty five seconds.
1: Yeah. So up until. Last weekend, Zoki's uh, summer showdown. Summer, yeah. Um, we shot KM. I mean, Punisher was a minute 45. I mean, that's still shorter than two minutes, but I think uh, RCBS Rumble is where I went to the, f- the first weekend this month. Uh, and that was a 99 second stage. So I've kind of got this pattern of matches here that they're 90 ish second stages and I I can't get myself to slow down two minutes wasn't eternity it felt like uh, which isn't good you know if, if we've got 120 total seconds to use I'd like to use 110 on a match like that and really just really soak it all in and, and get all my impacts and not rush anything but shooting shooting that many matches in a row where there's either more movement or there's no wind and you know smaller targets and you pair all those together and in a 90 second stage and you kind of get in a habit of shooting pretty quick which granted this past weekend it didn't hurt me any to be able to do that Uh, but you know next weekend going to uh, impact prc and i i don't know for sure there'll probably be uh, minute forty-five or two-minute stages, probably two minutes, um, but I'm going to have to, you know, slow myself down and really make sure I'm seeing everything. It's going to be a, a pretty pretty stacked match. Going to be a lot of
0: top shooters there. Yeah, that's an AG Cup yeah, match. AG, this was this AG was Cup a re- regular se-
1: qualifier. Yeah. yeah,
0: this was a regular season match, so, but there's still there's a lot of shooters there, especially I think. As far as I can see it, last year was their first year. There wasn't a whole lot of stacked folks, if you want to call it that, that showed up this year. I think the word got out how well he ran his match, and there was, there was some stars there, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah,
1: there's there's going to be a lot of really good shooters next in yeah. there. So, and it's an AG Cup match, so the guys that are shooting that in that series, which I may dabble in that next year. There we go. And uh, – that, that usually brings them out. You know, there's that potential to, to, for some money to be won. Uh, but, I mean, just the fact that it's a regional qualifier. Uh, people are getting towards the end of the season. There's not too many matches left. You know, we're, we're coming up on September here. Um, and, yeah, guys are looking to to move up spots. And so these matches are going to get... A little more, a little more stacked as we go. If there's people traveling to, to find find points.
0: Yeah, and that's because there've been obviously AG Cups, So there's people traveling from all over trying oh, to yeah. get these points. Qualifiers trying to get the points, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And Tate, I didn't get to shoot Tate's last year. I didn't get to shoot the Impact Foundation PRC this year with work schedule and whatnot. I think you shot last year, and mm-hmm. I've heard from a couple people. You you being one of them. That it was the hardest match, the impact match was the hardest match they shot, but probably the most fun slash challenging that they had shot.
1: Yeah, it was, I remember, I don't know, I like, I like a hard match, um, something that really challenges you, I mean, it, it makes it much more rewarding if you do extremely well at a, at a hard match versus, a, you know, a meatball, even though everybody loves hitting targets, um. But yeah, it was it was a very challenging match. Um, it's actually a different location this year, so I mean nobody's going to have any type of advantage going into it of sh- of shooting there before. Uh, at least I think that's the way it's being set up. But uh, no, last year's match was was, was challenging. Um, target sizes were small for the wins we were dealing with, but uh, that's. That's part of being an Oklahoma match. There's you got to go shoot yeah. in the wind. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be
0: a, Summer... Okie summer match was a little bit of a letdown. We were talking about that. There, The winds were, what, single digits, I think, yeah, both days. Yeah, I don't, I don't were,
1: think we ever hardly got 10 mile an hour.
0: Yeah, it, it wasn't a normal no, Oklahoma sure. man. We had some headwinds, and it was just a kind of a weird Oklahoma match. But, obviously, Justin puts on a, a good match, so we had a good time. We had an awesome squad. I think it was all Kansas folks mm-hmm. and uh Christy Henry shot with us yep, too. No, other than that it was all Kansas Christy. folks. Yeah. So it was it was a good time, obviously. People mm-hmm. ribbing on each other and giving each other a hard time pushing each other. But what else did we talk to talk about on the way down? We got the mental piece.
1: Mental piece. Yeah. So you,
0: you'd kinda of mentioned it, obviously I mentioned I I didn't have many mental mistakes at the the Okie Summer match. Felt good about it. Obviously, like I said, I was real comfortable with my gun. Get down here, still extremely confident in my gun. It's just my my issue. Day one down here, I shot targets out of order. Had an absolute train wreck. After doing good till then, started off and dialed the wrong dope. Like I said, but you'd you'd mention something about the mental pieces, such a percentage. of yeah, what's
1: going Yeah, I people have thrown out different percentage. I'd say it's it's probably more than 75% of this game is mental. Um, I mean, I dropped three points this weekend due to what I considered mental errors. They all came on day one. Um, my first one, on the very first stage of the day, we had, uh, it was a TYO rack at, I think, 500. Yep. We went Ipsick at 500, TYL rack at 500, IPSIC, at 600, back to the TYL at 500 and so on all the way back out to uh, 996. So what I did to save some time was my holdover from 500 to 600 wasn't very much so I just held that over and shot that you know 600 yard IPSC got my first four shots off really quick. Well I look down at my dope card, and like a dummy, I go down to the second distance, which is the 600 yard, and dial it to shoot at the 800 yard target. And of course, the bullet lands 200 yards in front of the. Your wind call was was good. the wind call is great, but you know there's a point there. Um, And you know when you're really striving for to win win a matches or at least, you know, top fives or top tens or maybe even it's a top twenty. Those single points like that um, really start to add up and I had, you know, three of them on day one that I consider mental errors. The second one was on a mover. I got um, too excited and and broke broke the shot at a completely wrong time. Um, I'm gonna chop that up to a mental error and the last stage of the day I didn't fix the can, I had my rifle and I slipped the bullet off of off of an edge you know so I mean I was fortunate enough to really really shoot well on day two and it didn't matter but that those three points right there uh, I could have been ahead by points after day one instead of being a three way tie for first so uh, it's eliminating those types of mistakes will gain you tons of spots uh, or it'll cost you spots depending on
0: yeah, it gains you spots. It cost me spots. Yeah. We got one extreme, <laughs> yeah. one extreme or yeah. the other.
1: No, it's mental game is. I mean, I'm sure they'll probably get this question asked. How, how do you become stronger at the mental game? Well, you create a process. Um, watching shooters go in front of you and mentally thinking out. Okay, he shot the 500 yard IPSC going to go over here shoot the tyl Uh, he's going to hold over for 600 come back shoot the 500 yard tyl okay now we're dialing to 800 and for the three shooters in front of you do that mentally and you know map it out in your brain so that um and say it out loud if you have to i mean I, i was doing that the very last stage on day two here um I was saying okay I, I dialed my first target and as the shooters in front of me were going I'd say all right I'm holding center and then my next target I was holding under a mil and then my third target I was up 1.2 and then we're moving to the next position I'm holding center you know down under one mil and then over 1.2 so stuff like that can help solidify the, the process in your mind um, I know, Organe was talking about how he was memorizing some of his dope, and just those few seconds to have to look down at your card versus just reaching for the dial and doing it. You know, there's there's points to be had there just based on not timing out
0: too. So, well, Tate Saturday night we went to the get together, and Tate rattled off his dope for two stages oh, yeah. that he still remembered. What <laughs> six hours, seven yeah. hours later? Yeah, I
1: could, I could. Well, I might be able to do the from the last stage of the day because I sat there and memorized it for four years. But there, there ain't no way I could have done that Saturday night.
0: Yeah, so that's... I just met Austin Orgain memorizing his stuff and we saw him on that that last stage of day one. He didn't look at his sleeve at all. He had it on his sleeve but he didn't look at it at all. And then like I said, Tate, another one of the best shooters, rattling off seven hours later two different stages. Yeah. Dope all the way through. Like, holy cow. You no,
1: know, there's, there's probably... 10 to 15 seconds saved on the stage by not having to look at your dope card, depending on how quick you are. But I mean, that's that's huge. That's the difference in an eight and a ten, for sure.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of that for me. I think it just comes with going out and instead of just practicing shooting once, st- I need to yeah. dial dope. I need to practice holding over. I need to practice on a mover. Yeah, the mover kind of beat me up.
1: I shot I shot movers. I dropped one point on two mover stages this weekend, which, man, I, I count that as a win. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of movers. That's just not something you get to shoot very often. Kind of like school buses. Yeah. Uh, and just don't get to don't get to shoot them very often.
0: But, um. Yeah, school buses, I've always heard that. I think we shot the school bus down here last year, and it, it tore me up. It won. This, this year, actually, I... Uh, Well, we shot over twice. We shot last half of A stage day one, but it's prone out the back. So it's just a really, it was just a prone other than getting yourself in there. But I don't think anybody timed out on it. And then day today, day two, we uh, shot out the windows like you usually see a bus. Um, Phil Cashin actually had a, I've never seen it before. He said he's been doing it for years. He ran a little trick with a tripod tripod leg crossed on top of the backs of the seats one tripod leg and then he ran a a bag off of that so it's kind of like a like a semi prone or a modified prone Mm kind of I think you ran it did you run it that way? I
1: used it I've banned it I struggled with that that tripod leg Uh,
0: it is a lot of stuff like you're carrying a lot of stuff you have your gun the bag on the front another bag a tripod tripod leg yeah
1: yeah I mean I I used it for two windows and man the first time I went in there I got it set up pretty quick and it worked well and then when I started to move that's when it could have been real bad right there um just because I wasn't used to having to grab a bag and a tripod leg to and move that over to the next seat and window um by the end of that stage, I had just I was just using the bag and then the, the seat back on a bus to shoot basically modified prone. Uh, it, it's a fantastic idea. I just got to figure out how to yeah. how to shoot it and then move quickly
0: without dropping the bag and, and everything else. That's one that obviously has to be practiced. I yeah. I was going to start out, so I was going to do that the whole the whole way up. So there's I don't know, like five, six, seven shooters in front of me. And I had my plan was to use that just like they had done. They made it everybody else made it look easy other than your last last one you abandoned it off. Yeah. that's a, a smart move because it kinda of give you a hard time and you abandon it just shot off. In fact John Kyle in front of me, he used his own tripod. He said he had done it before. Mm-hmm. And he just folds up a whole tripod and does it. And it was too high for him, so he abandoned it as well. So last minute, which usually I never advise, last minute I changed my plan, and just went with my gamer plate and bag clamped on the front, and uh, just a bag on the rear, like a modified prone, which I've tried to shoot before, and it never worked out. Well, this time it obviously worked out. Usually buses aren't real friendly for lefties, because the seats kind of sit back, and if it's Canada. this was, I think we got lucky, and it was 90 degrees to the target.
1: It's probably one of the better buses I've shot out of. Yeah.
0: It was still a little bit shaky. It was a, it was a shorter bus. You and walk up in there, you start jumping around, moving around, it starts wobbling. But
1: The position itself was stable, but the whole bus with the suspension and the floating and the tires, it just had a,
0: a sway to it. Yeah. So I ended up, that was one of, the, one of the few I cleaned this weekend. It seemed like I was just having a hard time. With. I dropped I dropped one on a lot of stage. I just couldn't clean it up and follow it through. That was that's one time where I abandoned the idea that I've never done before and went with what I knew and it worked out. Yeah. I should, I should yeah. do more often. Just stick with stick with what I know, do what I what I've practiced. I think it's a good tool to have in the in the arsenal.
1: Yeah. Well and and Phil Cashin was the one that had the tripod leg and you know he he's got one of the carts. And he's got different bags and and little trinkets and stuff. Yeah, he has. He's got a solution for any stage. Now, that doesn't always mean that you should try and use that solution because you've never practiced it. Like, in my case, I probably should have just, you know, abandoned it, went with the bag, meant modified prone. But, man, it's hard when you you see someone else get up in there and they're so smooth with it and it worked well. It's hard not to to want to try to do that
0: yeah that's that's the thing he made it look easy yeah he's been doing that he said for a couple years now so obviously he's practiced it he's done it before Uh, in fact the very next stage we shot the stairs he
1: had a bag i used there too
0: he had a bag so yeah someone made the comment about whenever we see phil squatted someone and going to pile in with him because he has all the little trinkets well, and yeah, and,
1: and he, was, he was joking with this. of course uh, if you don't know who Phil Cashin is he owns uh, Masterpiece Arms they make uh, the, the chassis systems that uh, you can basically bolt all kinds of ways. just about ga- anything weights and gadgets and everything he's like I am a gadget guy so I really like having all that stuff with me and it you know it, it saved us on a few stages he had a real flat bag I used on the stairs stage to you know shoot through the the stair openings
0: yeah because you you shot the stairs though this was like regular like rise and run stairs they're not real tall but you had to day two today we had to shoot like four different at least four different positions you could reuse one for a fifth position but you had to shoot through the stairs so no one's scope bell fit underneath yeah that, like. it wasn't
1: like shooting a normal window or something like that so what we opted to do was use Phil's uh, thin bag and then basically you're real, real choked up on it but you used a game changer and basically we're a really compressed modified pro. yeah um, it worked out on it because on that stage we went clear down to a two inch target was the smallest one that was that was one of the stages that I timed out on. I never, and I was really looking forward to try to shoot that two-inch target at 400 yards, and I timed out before I ever got to it. But uh, yeah, that you know, just goes to show that people in this sport are super willing to help and lend gear. And you know, I I handed out my game changer for anybody that wanted to use it.
0: Yeah, yours got used quite yeah, a bit Yeah,
1: it it's it's a great bag to fill space and there was uh, a few times this weekend we were shooting um, different spots that just needed a little more you know of a larger rear bag uh, i can't take credit for using that because Orgain's the one that you know showed me how he carried you know a, a wee bad bag and a, and a game
0: a game changer so naps out that was another one. So I, That was right after the bus. I see you shoot it and it works real smooth with it, using that real flat bag, doing a modified prone. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to shoot it like that. Well, then last minute I abandoned it. One of the guys before me just shot it with his game changer. I used yeah. my wee bad tater tot. I asked him, I said, you can, it covers up some of your bell, but you can still see enough. Obviously, you get the crosshairs. Like, that. all right, let me just go as a positional stage and I stuck with what I knew and I think I got an 8 or a 9 yeah. on it so I didn't well, and I didn't try getting crazy with it
1: World Champion Peyton Grimes, she just bagged it She bags about she everything got, Yeah she got, she got a 9 on it she she, she shot the home target on her ninth shot but she's I uh, she just kind of shook it off and then came right back and smoked that 2 inch plate at 400 yards and yeah. that's probably one of the higher scores I don't I'd have to go look I'm not sure anybody cleaned that
0: I, I I think, think we when we were there, they said they, said they hadn't had any cleans. Yeah. Had some eights and nines, obviously, There's, was the best.
1: That's a small plate. Two inches at 400 yards, it's, it's pretty
0: sporty. Yeah, yeah, and shooting it basically, basically. positional off some stairs. But yes. Like, like you had mentioned, that's, that's almost what you have to do at, at that that style matches, matches is 400 yards. It was in a real short, tiny lane. You've got to make them small or everybody's going everybody's gonna to hit them. I think the... Next target of that was 400, so that was one MOA. And just about everybody that shot at that one hit it.
1: Started 10, 8, 6, 4, and 2 was the TYL rack. So, I mean, of course, everybody shot the first two or three plates without any issues. But then it also became a time management game. Um, You want to shoot them first two or three plates as fast as you can while still seeing where you're hitting. um, And then take your time and make really good trigger presses on the 4 and 2 inch plate. So I, I didn't manage my time very well. I, I wouldn't. I didn't. I was barely even on, starting to move to my last position to shoot the small plate, and the, the timer went out. So, uh, just didn't manage it well. But I did get eight, eight solid hits there. So.
0: Yeah, I think I think I did end up scoring a nine. I got I got to the last one, hit that little tiny one once, and then slid one off the edge. Like the, it's. Superdust. some people even which obviously everyone had to deal with it i think you were one of them that got that plate the second to last oh, plate swinging so hard yeah. you had to wait for it to stop
1: the first time i hit that it it swung extremely hard and it it swung back and forth back and forth of course four inch plate i'm not going to try to time that so i just waited for it and finally it slowed down to a small wiggle I was able to hit it the second time but by that point I was out of time
0: yeah if you and that was one of the things if you centered that one up it swung hard for everybody yeah, there's yeah. a couple of guys that would just edge hit it wiggle it it's like they almost did it on purpose yeah. because it would just barely barely move it almost would go all the way over if he'd really centered yeah it
1: but, I'm kind of glad it didn't go all the way over because it would have really it would have never stopped I don't think yeah and then it would take even more time <laughs> yeah
0: But yeah, there was, like I said, there's a lot of real cool stages that he had on that piece. I think one of the
1: the stage, one where we did five different barricades.
0: Oh yeah, all the way down. Stage 19. 19. Yep.
1: So there's an animal, animal troop line. We went. Target one was a prairie dog. Two was a gopher. We went to target four which was a coyote. Back to target three, which was a gopher, and then target five was a hog. And first two shots were off of a shooting bench. Second were off of a very large tire. Third was off of a it was like a highway barricade.
0: Yeah like a one with a water water filled plastic highway barricade. Except
1: it was empty and it was super wobbly. Um, and then we went off of some plastic tubes, culvert tubes, and then off of a railroad tie stack. I, I had fun shooting that. The movement there was pretty fun. Um, had to move, oh thirty 30 to 40 feet down the line to get all of the, the barricades in. So I was able to clean that stage. And the, the movement's fun. I am, I am partial to belly matches where you lay down and shoot small targets at far away distances. But, you know, the movement there was it was a good change of pace.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and he, you mentioned wobbly. We were all up there, and even the RO said, yeah, this one's wobbly. Go He's up like, there and check it out. Yeah, he I'll let everybody mention, check it out. But I think that's one of the reasons, like, like saying, Greg, thinking this thing out. That was the coyote target. Yeah. So as long as you had your elevation... You basically, I basically free-recoiled it because you couldn't load yeah, into you anything. Load, like
1: you, you would have pushed the barricade over if you would have put any kind <laughs> yeah. of load into it.
0: Yeah, but, but it was, as long as you had your elevation right and you settled in, wind really didn't matter because it's probably a mil wide because yeah. it's a coyote. But, but it's just one of those things that... And where we are shooting at, there was a cut. You might not have been able to see it from one of the other positions. but.
1: Yeah, you could you actually could have screwed that stage up a little bit because you could see... Both targets from position three but only the one you were supposed to from target from position four. So yeah. I mean the ROs would have probably corrected you, but um, yeah, get into that you know, screw that up, but you know, the PRS finale and you're gonna have a bad yeah. day.
0: That was another thing we just talking about that I liked about this match instead of you had mentioned target one, two, three, four, and 5, but you shot 4 and then 3. Well, that was because that was the distances. You had to dial back down. He had a few stages like that that if your mental game wasn't right or you didn't write it down, on, I have to write it down on my dope card and I actually have to, you know, I spell out hold, or I put an H and I circle it with a hold and yep. try to make it easy for myself. Well, he had quite a few stages that you didn't just shoot
1: left to right or near Left right,
0: yeah, near to far. like you. Well, the last stage.
1: Yeah, of the day it, that you recorded on four fifty or four sixty, and then back to three fifty, and then the farthest target was six twenty one. So, I, you know, I chose to dial the the four fifty and hold under and over. You could have dialed Ooh, the three fifty. I, I dialed 350 and held yeah. over. Um, and holding under and over is not something I normally do, and that's where that I sat there and ran that stage for for three or four shooters in my mind what I was going to do help me memorize my holds um
0: so, so why'd you run it like that because i ran it different i'll give you why
1: well I it or set it mainly up mainly well and or gain actually austin gave me the why he did that so i dialed 2.4 and this is the only stage i can remember with my dope. <laughs> um i dialed 2.4 on the gun and that was for my the, the 400 and whatever yardage my first target i held under was perfectly 1 mil, which on a JTAC reticle, that's all I've got is 1 mil. So I just, you know, came came down to that mark. And that's, you know, it. granted, I would not have done it that way if we were in a high wind match. I would have dialed the whole thing probably. Okay. But, and then my next holdover for the far one, I, by doing that I only had to go hold up 1.2. So it was really quick to, uh, you know, go from target two to target three, just down a mill, up 1.2, and you're on the move going to the, the next position at the back of the truck.
0: So. Yeah. See, that, that makes sense. I I dialed, I started with the small one just because I thought that was the smallest target. Is like 350-something, 33% M6, so it wasn't real big. No. And, that, and then held over held over for the other two, I just had to remember, but then... My holdover was 2-3, two, 2-2 two, two, two for the far one, and I, I went over just the left shoulder a couple times. So I may have been better to set it up the way you had set it up I held under on some other stuff. Yeah. I just put it on my deal with a little U instead of a, an H for holdover. I, that's how I do it on mine. And that probably would have been a better setup for yeah. me, actually, too. Yeah.
1: And, and I'll be, if it would have been weird dope, like... I don't know. Sometimes holding in between half lines Yeah, if you're doing a one be, three yeah, or a one yeah, four. Sometimes it can be. I don't know. It just seems more awkward to do it that way. Um, this one was really easy to, you know, and do it quickly. So that's that's kind of the reason I did that.
0: Yeah, that would, probably would have worked out better for me. I didn't even think about it.
1: You also got that Leopold, and it's it's got the quarter, yeah, quarter mill holdovers and unders, and nothing nothing wrong with that. But it, it would take me some doing to get get used to quarters instead of having two ten. Yeah,
0: marks. <laughs> yeah. It took me a little bit of getting used to. Yeah. Now I just basically center stuff up if it's a three or yeah. even a four.
1: Yeah, so I made it work half a tenth there yeah. a quarter versus
0: point 0.3 is yeah it's is pretty, pretty minute, minute. <laughs> yeah. which you, you say, say it's minute, minute but we're in yeah. wind we were talking half mils because yeah targets. we were
1: we were talking favoring one side or the other of the t-post holding the target just trying to be you know super conscious to try and put them bullets right in the center yeah um uh,
0: it was that one 600 yards stage we're talking about it had 10 different targets at 600 they're all different sizes and actually heights so you weren't even stay, staying the same on your bag with the pressure yeah yep, those were, gophers at the end were probably three inches wide four inches they, yeah. wide at the most yeah, like they, they were not
1: they were super small uh, you know we shot the first five targets and <coughs> you would have loaded five rounds in your mag like we were saying earlier but the second five targets were significantly smaller so if you miss you know run through them first five targets if the wind would have changed or something would have changed the next three targets had uh, plywood right behind them painted black and you saw nothing if you missed and it was a hit to advance stage so it uh, it could have been
0: very bad yeah you end up did you go first on that stage I did you went first and you just smoked it
1: yeah and I actually had I started out with a straight up wind hold and it hit hard right which actually made a a poor correction I only came over a tenth and it hit hard right again and I set the same shot again and it hit I guess I'm glad I only went a tenth because it hit hard left and then I Went straight up for the rest of the stage, and ended up cleaning it out. But again, it felt pretty good to hit them little prairie dogs because they were not much wider than the center dog in my reticle. Yeah, they were super tiny.
0: So what? Oh, you're shooting the gap grinds so Let's talk about. You said your your shooter contacted you, kind of asking what what you need to bring? What are the must-haves? what's your advice to someone like that asking what what are the must-haves to come out to one of their first matches
1: so obviously a rifle I mean, there's even if you know the right people you, you don't even have to have one of those but um, rifle <coughs> and good dope uh, you got good dope out to a thousand yards where you're not going to fight elevation we can teach you what to look for for wind. but if we've got a fight wind and elevation at the same time it is extremely difficult to you know learn from that Um, bags you know there's going to be shooters with all different types of bags or some i'm going to recommend what i use for bags but um, if i was teaching somebody uh, i would say probably a, a second second thing if you've got a set of binos that you can glass i think that's the best way to learn wind and what a bullet's doing in the air So you can you can watch that bullet fly through the air and watch the trace um but yeah i'd say i'd say good dope and, and a, you know you don't have to have a custom rifle to come out and and join join a club or shoot one day matches. Um, I'm not gonna tell you to bring a 300 wind mag out because you're gonna have a real bad time doing that. Um, 6.5 Creedmoor or smaller is what I would, would recommend for you know this game. But Yeah, just, yeah. if you've got a 6.5 Creedmoor, even if it's a light gun, bring it out. We'll, to- we'll show you how to dope out your rifle, get good good data on it, and from that point, if you want to build a rifle or put your current rifle in a different stock to get the weight up and maybe make it a little more pleasant to shoot 100 rounds in a weekend or or more,
0: I think that's a great place to start. Yeah. You would mentioned earlier you shot was you that Punisher you were talking about your first two-day match? Yes, Punisher. And you were using what? I was using a
1: Savage 110 Tactical with a, I think at that point I had a nine force attacker on the top of it. So way more glass.
0: I was going to say you rifle, had more.
1: Way more glass than rifle. That was a $600 rifle with $3,600 of glass on top. So, And I would recommend that to anybody. Spend more money on glass. You can transfer that glass to the next rifle. Um, and you, you can't hit what you can't see. So that's what I would I would probably recommend, but, yeah, my first rifle was a plastic stock, Savage 110 Tactical, 6.5 Creedmoor, and,
0: uh... And you did, and you got what place with it? Uh,
1: 38th, my very first two-day match. And yeah. it's, I went actually downhill after I built my custom rifle <laughs> at two-day <laughs> matches, so, <laughs> um, that might have been just beginner's luck, so...
0: Oh, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. It just goes to show you you don't, you don't need the $7,500 no, A-team rifle that they give out. You can come out with whatever you got, just like that fellow that got it. it. He might not even have a bolt gun. He'd come out with that gas gun.
1: Yeah, he came out and was having a good time, wasn't getting mad about it. And, you know, He's walking home with $7,500 worth of free gear to help him get better at the sport. And, you know, it was, it, that was really cool to see.
0: what else did we cover I should have taken notes and I didn't I don't, well, you're I don't. driving
1: now you can't be riding driving you gotta get the champ on I,
0: I know. Yeah. <laughs> what the champ wants the champ gets yeah champ for a few more days here we
1: gotta go get ready for the yeah. next
0: one yeah we gotta carry it over
1: that no, was a good match if anybody's looking to travel down to uh, Greg's range and shoot a match I'd, I'd recommend that probably consider doing it again next year
0: yeah, we got to get you down there and defend your title. going to
1: have to. I don't,
0: I don't know. I think he gets a qualifier. I think he's going to have to open it up to a couple more people. It's going to fill up quick, I think. Yeah, if I he, think it would, too. If they do that. But
1: man, I, I tell you what, he's, he's kind of right. Like you said, if you if you put 130 to 40 people in there, you may just kill it for yourself also because being done by 130, being able to shoot, I took, I took a, a nap. Yeah, Saturday afternoon, before we went out and ate and went to the gathering, and I got I got a ten month old son at home. I, I, like, I like taking naps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you
0: get them in when you can.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it was a good weekend. We've got about seven hours left till we get to Wichita. Yeah.
0: So, and then you got a couple hours after that. We yeah. might just...
1: I was a dummy and scheduled work first thing tomorrow morning.
0: Nah. You won't remember any of this part. Probably Remember not. that trophy back there? Yeah. When the rifle gets up to Jake's? Yeah. He's oogling yep. over and you get to take it from him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. But, yeah, that's, that's one thing I was going to mention. You, you don't need a custom rifle, but they're, especially if you're around the Kansas area, there's so many good custom rifle builders there is. Just in our local, you got Jake, Tyler Perry spins up mine. Yeah. You got Gap, is up in Kansas City. Uh-huh. I mean, I think we get spoiled. I think I've mentioned this before. We get spoiled in the Midwest, at least if you're around where, where Greg and I are at. like I mentioned, you got Jake with Sure Firearms. You got Tyler with Perry Precision, and then you go a little south. You've got Foundations down there, Impacts down there. Uh, Stuntville
1: Precision. Yeah,
0: Stuttville yeah. Stuntville pre- Precision. That's what Impact. That's who he sells all his barrels. Yeah, spins all those up. You go up. You got Gap in Kansas City. Manners is up there around. Yeah, can't like we we get kind of spoiled. There's a lot of a lot of very precision high rifle. Co-
1: components being built in the Kansas or the Midwest. Yeah,
0: so, so we're kind of spoiled. We end up getting to know some of those folks pretty well.
1: Yeah, and you know it's expensive to just out route right buy those parts um, you know if you come to a match and you start shooting pretty well you might get a 50% officer off, or at least you know get your barrel for free or uh, you know a stock I think that's my first custom action it was actually a big horn um, sorry Tate but it was 50% off at that Punisher match I shot the first year. So that got me into a custom action. Uh, and it's kind of... I like where I'm at now. Shooting an impact, foundation, Bartlett barrels, ace breaks.
0: Well, that's another big thing. I don't know if I mentioned or not. Um, you see any of these folks, me especially, I'm, I'm a lefty, so if you're lefty, especially hit me up, But you... Usually have some spare ammo oh, sitting yeah. around yeah. after a match. You, you've got to ask, and like I said, I think you're kind of the same boat. I kind of just sit back and people watch. Don't you won't know when I walk in a room. I'm not the loudest guy <laughs> around, like, but you've got to ask. And in fact, uh, John Kyle did it last year. Let a couple folks in our squad that I squatted with him last year, Chris and I, let a couple people shoot his rifle after day two is – obviously you don't need any more ammo just to feel what his foundation felt like. Mm -hmm. I think they were shooting some other brand. Yeah. And yeah, you got to come up. If you want to check out glass, you want to see how something feels, you got to ask the question. And I
1: Yeah. pretty certain that
0: someone's going to, they're going to let you shoot, especially their leftover ammo after day two, run it out, shoot whatever you want.
1: If it was a one day match, usually i got 20 extra rounds. If it's a two day match, this month it seems like I got 50 extra rounds because I you know I'm just shooting every weekend this month but yeah I mean I'm not gonna force my rifle in your face and make you shoot it but uh, don't be afraid to ask either hardly there's not gonna be anybody say no to letting you try gear after a match if you want to test out bags and ask us questions on why we do certain things uh, and nobody's gonna tell you no um I wouldn't expect a full JTAC class after a match, but you know, <laughs> yeah. we can we can give you a few pointers to get you going. Yeah.
0: I just got it. Light bulb came back on. Light bulb. Shoot with the pros. Oh, shoot
1: with the pros. We
0: need to, we need to cover that because we got some other info on that. But yeah. So shoot shoot with the pros. Explain what what that was and then we'll talk more about it. So
1: shoot with the pros is basically last year, uh, John Kyle Truitt, uh, along with uh, Tate Streeter, Greg Bell, uh, Billy Don Kenny uh, at Twisted Barrel Precision's new range.
0: It's right around here, Little Rock, Arkansas.
1: Yeah, right in this area here where we're driving through currently. Uh, we put on now the basically a pro am, uh, but there's no points, there's no. There's none of that associated. It's not really a match.
0: And the pros didn't even shoot, did
1: you? Yeah, we shot. Did you? We shot, and it was was a demonstration style. You know, we shot first every single stage. We explained what we were doing, why we were doing it. Um, Essentially, like, three-minute stages is what it was. It was basically a mini-match for guys to come in and learn from the seasoned shooters. Um, I was... (laughs) I was, I, was, I was lucky enough to be invited down um, to help with that last year.
0: Uh, when you say shoot with the pros, we're, some of them, you don't have to obviously, all of them, we don't want to leave anybody else. So, Rattle off some of the pros uh, in air quotes that were at this Austin
1: thing. Austin gang, Clay Blackheader, you know, there's three golden bullets there. Uh, Tate Streeter.
0: Uh, Greg Bell.
1: Greg Bell, Derek Love. uh basically you know if you it was them, the
0: cream of the crop yes they so the way I understand it John Kyle or Tate they messaged people that they knew mm-hmm. were just some of the best shooters that they know Yeah. Austin asked Bush them Bush to come was, yep
1: you can't forget the other Austin left handed Austin from Oklahoma uh, basically we brought in I think 20 pros we had 10 squads 2 pros 8 roughly 8, 6 to 8 amateurs, and we went through 8 to 10 stages of shooting a troop line, shooting off of a rooftop, shooting the PRS barricade, um, what to look for, uh, plate movement, or are you seeing your shots when you're shooting a troop line or off of uh, a barricade, you know, basically all the stuff... We wanted to know when every one of us was getting started. It was a basically a jump start to their PRS career. The amount of knowledge that was shared there is mind boggling. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun to see, you know, you start out on a stage and people are nervous to be around, you know, shooting a, uh, that style or in a match format. By the end of the day, we weren't even hardly having to tell them what to do. They were they were making corrections, uh, breaking good trigger presses, seeing their shots. It was it was really really cool to see the light bulbs come on.
0: So one reason I bring that up, obviously it's cool. I hadn't had anybody on here talking about it, and no dates or anything like that. But talking to Billy, Don, John, Kyle, and Tate, they're talking about doing it again this year, or next year. Well, it would be next year, I guess. Now 23 so be on the lookout if you're on if you're listening you're on the verge trying to get into it whatever that would be my number one would take a class do something like that or go do the shoot with the pros when they do that again
1: yeah and you also get to see a side of the matches you know we were talking about the the gathering that we went to saturday night and i mean that the shoot with the pros we had we had a big gathering that night. We got the, everybody hung out, uh, had a good time, We'd talk shooting, talk life, whatever, whatever it was. And that's, I think, that's an important thing to remember: is that you know we're all out there to. It is a hobby. We're paying, to, <laughs> paying to be there, but uh, there's a there's a lot more to it than just shooting. Match. Huh.
0: Yeah. So, well, we've been going at it for an hour and a half. I... If we have the same people still listening that started with us, <laughs> this we'll be... This is great for
1: us. We killed an hour after this 10-and-a-half-hour uh, drive, so. Yeah.
0: Anything else you think of? We can always jump back on here if we got something else. we got a little bit of time left.
1: <laughs> just a little bit. No, I, I think that pretty well covers the weekend. Um, again, thank you. Everybody that sent me messages or gave me a phone call, uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, just one of the few
0: things that makes us the best community out there so. yeah so thanks for tagging along I think I might have talked you into it obviously I think it was a good decision now you're <laughs> yeah. coming along yeah. so congrats I'm not,
1: I'm not super mad about it yeah
0: congrats for coming along It's is it awesome to watch you burn it down Thank you. and uh, get you back on here anybody else you got any questions or whatever get back on here I'm going to I said it last time I'm trying to get on here and do, do them more often I kind of got the job settled out and home life settled out i got a couple giveaways i want to do so so stay tuned i won't mention them here let, let me get home and, and get stuff straight but i got a couple giveaways i want to try and do to pay it forwards i was doing in the past i think there's some good stuff that'll help people out so stay tuned uh hit me up on here if you hear pod bean apple itunes send me a message on facebook or instagram or wherever if you guys want to hear from anyone special or hear any certain subjects and i'll try and try and get it going Otherwise, congrats, Greg. Thanks for coming along. Thanks for getting on here, and uh, we'll hit you up later. Appreciate it.